Welcome to Season 19, Episode 3, Powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide, and Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at juniorprospecthockeyleague.com. I'm happy to bring on Mark Yanetti, Director of Scouting for the LA Kings, to talk about some prospects in their system. Mark, uh, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Well, I always love talking hockey with you guys. So let's uh, talk about a few prospects. One, just you recently drafted in Jakob Dvorak at 6'5", about 210 pounds. And it was interesting, after the draft, we had a brief chat about, you know, some of the reasons why you guys, you know, drafted Dvorak. And I went back and looked at some game film of him uh, through huddle analysis. And then just something, a player popped into my mind, a Brendan Carlo. So I went back and looked at Brendan Carlo at the same age and found some similar themes in that respect. I mean, although, you know, if you look at Dvorak's game, he's not necessarily as uh, physical, but I think that is related to more of the environment he's playing in the ice surface, because in a larger ice surface, you have to be respectful of that outside space. And you just don't, when you're in a more confined space of North American ice surface, it allows you to be more physical because you don't have to worry about that player having other options. So I think as he progresses into the North American ice surface, because of his range, his size, mobility, that, that's going to be an aspect of his game that's going to ramp up when he recognizes he has more opportunity to do so. Yeah, certainly. It's not a bad comp. It's, um, you know, it's like a, there's a couple of factors that would, in terms of the physicality, and you said one of them, the big ice. I mean, there's no question. Um, you see a less physical game over there because you have to cover more space. Anytime you play physically, it potentially takes you out of position and you have to recover 10, 12, 20 more feet, depending on what it is. <laughs> so artificially um, that kind of mutes some of the physical impact and particularly the consistency with which you can play physical. Then you throw in the the fact that he's playing, you know, he's a 17 year old kid playing against men. You always hear that, whether it's Liga, whether it's the Sweden, um, but you know, now he's playing against men and developmentally he's in a different level than, than the older guys are strength wise uh, ability to, to, to control all that. So there's your second factor. Um, and, you know, we saw when he came over for development camp and then uh, for rookie camp, especially in the two games he played in, um, there was more of a physical element to him. Now the only area we need to improve him on there um, because he, the consistency of it, you get used to not being physical over there because the style, because, and they just don't do it. So it's now not a natural part of him to go out and, and close a guy off or finish a guy on the half wall or, uh, or, or wherever he is. So we have to now get him doing that day after day after day. So it just becomes rope. It just becomes muscle. Exactly. It becomes habit. Um, that will be, I don't want to say challenge, but anyway, that's the challenge with our development staff uh, working on him. He angles well, he closes well, um, but they play a much more front-oriented style, a much more mirror-oriented style there. So getting him to close the space off and finish, kill, however you want to say it, um, that will be the, uh, the, 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 first, the, the first and foremost challenge on the development guys. And that's what I think it's intriguing with him, and if you look at, you know, in the in the past, you drafted Eric Cernak, you know, very 
big, strong, mobile um, defensive defenseman with some offensive upside. And when you look at Dvorak, who has some similarities, and they're not the same, but has some similarities, it's just you got to be patient with them. And I think the value of the insulating defensive defenseman has become much more prominent. Anytime you want more mobile, you know, attacking defensemen, you have to counter counterbalance that with a style of defenseman like Dvorak, who can eat up a lot of ice and is an intimidating presence. So his value actually increases. And people sometimes, including myself, I had to like work on that is recognize what he needs, how he needs to move the puck effectively. He can't, he's not going to be that, you know, Brandstrom, you know, Dowdy, Brant Clark type of like puck mover. That's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to do that. But what he needs to do is just be effective and intelligent when puck moving. Yeah. It, again, the puck moves up the ice faster than players. Uh, unless, you know, unless you're a handful of, of four, three or four guys. Yeah. Maybe. Um, you know, and again, the more I watch it, the more I scout. Um, again, you go back to our team in 2012 that won. There wasn't a, I don't know that I've seen a team move the puck up the ice as fast as we move the puck up the ice. And, that, you know, it's fun to watch Doughty or Carlson or, or you know, if we just stay in our system, Clark, you know, run up the ice like that. It's, it's really fun. I mean, it's, 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 it's attention grabbing. But, you know, a, a 12, 15 foot pass quickly to Fiala, that gets the puck up the ice pretty fast. 100%. Let's also talk about another player that you drafted a couple of years ago in Francesco uh, Pinelli. Thoughts on his development? Because last year was his first year, uh, you know, last this year is going to be his first year as pro. And it's always that challenge of, you know, all of a sudden you're in a different talent pool and the talent pool compresses. And sometimes that's a big splash of cold water on the face of prospects. How do you think he's looked through just the initial stages of his camp and then getting through a couple games with Ontario? It's funny. Um, you, you mentioned the splash with cold water. Uh, the splash with cold water happened in his first camp. Um, he was unprepared for the reality of things more than skill and ability uh, leading to success. So it was ice cold water splashed in his face the first camp. Uh, one of the reasons he fell or the perception from what I've heard was things that weren't talent related or sense related. You know, he didn't always push himself. He didn't always play hard or whatever. Um, that splash of water and then our development staff, like like Mike Donnelly, Jared Stoll, you know, Green and O'Donnell, like all of those guys, like this kid took to that like a sponge. Now, whether it was that that stark reality hitting him in the face, uh, whether it was a just a progression of, of his maturity, whether it was the fact that our development staff really, you know, I mean, again, I just mentioned four guys, like there's a lot of people on our development staff. So whether it was the support system or whether it was all three, um, the transition and the strides he made from that water splash till this year's camp, nothing short of extraordinary. Um, he and Leferrier uh, were clearly, uh, they were two of the best players in the whole rookie tournament. You know, not the best, but they were two of the best in the whole rookie tournament. And they were head and shoulders above um, most of the other pro uh, prospects uh, on the ice for us. So uh, he's been good. He's, he's really worked on his game away from the puck. He's really learned the consistency of compete. Like you see the offensive guys, they compete for pucks in the offensive zone. They compete for pucks when it could mean, you know, a benefit or a payoff offensively, whether an assist, a shot. He always had that, but now you're seeing in other areas. And uh, 
it was it was really cool to watch um the the i mean it was almost i wouldn't say exponential but it was a it was a big jump in development from last year to this year uh and now again now he's gonna you know now he's gonna take that success and apply it to the rigors of a of an 80 game ahl schedule hopefully a nhl game or two here or there uh, and not just a two-game spurt in, you know, it's easy to perform two games in rookie camp. Certainly. And thoughts on, you know, the progression within your d- development department of giving him stages along the way in the American League. Okay, here's your first quarter of the season and start evaluating in, in quarters and then giving him, you know, instruction and, you know, positive feedback and this is what you need to do and this is what you're working on just so you can sort of reinforce those habits at the American League because it's a – it's a grind. I think the CHL players and then the college players don't recognize how tough that league is. Nobody recognizes. The, you know what? The first thing they don't recognize is how good the American Hockey League is. Other than the KHL, I mean, it's, there's not a league close to the American League. And I have pissed off some European guys. It, it's not close. I mean, it's not. Um, you know, you can, you can argue the KHL and then you can't. It's not close. Uh, so a lot of guys don't realize how good it is. And a lot of guys don't realize how grinding it is. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's a hard, hard. It, as I said, there's a reason why so many NHLers have played in the American League because it it prepares you. And it's you know, it's, hopefully, it's the same for Pinelli. And, and one of the great things is because of our proximity. I mean, we practice in the same building as our big team. Um, they play in Ontario, but all our practices, all our you know, the the, the training, everything is housed right in our, in our sports, you know, in the complex right there at TSC. So um, he has coaches, development guys, strength guys from the Kings and the rain on hand every day. So it's not just quarterly that he can get feedback and evaluation, which, which, you know, which those are the, the quarterly markers are the easiest to determine. Um, but he's get day-to-day stuff uh, with, with multiple guys from our development staff, some who are in LA full-time and some who are, in and out of LA uh, throughout the season. So developmentally, as long as he continues to take advantage of what he has taken advantage of, um, I, as I said, I think the Kings development staff, uh, I, I hate to use the word peerless, but they certainly do a very good job. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio. We'll continue to talk about the Kings prospects right after these messages.